Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Board Draw Podcast. It's Champions League, the post-match review. The post-mortem. Yeah. The post-mortem. But post-mortem because I was bored to death. Not bored to death. It wasn't like the worst Champions League in recent history. But because it, there's been some stinkers. It needed it needed a goal. But yeah, it, needed, it was it needed a goal. It was on the drier side. And we're gonna take a big fat L this whole podcast because all our pre-match predictions yeah predictions they weren't were exactly on i stinkers. think i have to send an, an apology to valverde because yeah my man played out of his skin yeah game, the whole so. game we we're watching it together and the whole game every time valverde was on the ball i was just looking at you like oh he is good that and you was were like no take. no no that was a bad and take then he got the assist and i was like oh, he was boy. unbelievably yeah, was good, good in that right wing role considering he, he like his natural position is actually a cam yeah yeah but we'll go we'll get into this later on in the podcast because we were talking about how Madrid's 4-3-3 is so different to Liverpool's 4-3-3. Yeah. But when Madrid did play that three behind Benzema, when Vinicius would drop back a little bit, Valverde, they would play such a narrow three. Yeah. And Valverde would almost be playing as a cam. Yeah, it's it's like um, Benzema, it's like 2-2-2. Two, two, two. It's like Vinicius and Benzema, and then behind them it's Modric and, and Valverde, Valverde, and then yes, behind yeah. them it's Cruz and Casemiro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, a narrow 2-2-2. So, two, two, two. But yeah, but, we'll... we'll it's yeah. all about the like the general game. So obviously Real Madrid won one nil. Yeah. Um, I think to be honest, on the whole, Liverpool were the better team. Yeah, they were. I saw a tweet that like rattled me. I think a lot of my takes are just me getting rattled at tweets that annoy me. I saw a tweet from I can't remember if it was like a Liverpool like fan channel pundit or if it was like an official Talksport pundit, but they said if it was a boxing match, Liverpool would have won on points. And I was like. But that's fucking irrelevant. It's not a boxing that's, match. That is not how football works. Yeah, I was like, funny not enough, always the Ratch, best team wins. Yeah, I was like, imagine if that's how football worked, where every game was just is the that, best is team that wins. Not, is that not part of the beauty of football, Take, that the yeah. best team can lose, not always win? Yeah, just otherwise it would just all be the Man, jeopardy City, out of football. Man City just battering every Premier League yeah. team, which they do almost on a weekly so basis I saw anyway. this tweet and I was like, that's irrelevant. Like, who cares if Liverpool would have won on points? They lost. I think, I think though, like if you, I watched the game back, and Liverpool were the better team. Yeah, yeah. But there was always this feeling with Real Madrid that they were in control. However, but even when Liverpool were pressing and Courtois was having to pull out these saves, yeah. which is another thing we'll get onto, yeah. Real Madrid always felt, felt like that the game was still in the balance. Yeah, I think if you... The problem is that Liverpool um, didn't convert anything early. If they put the pressure on early with like an early goal maybe two, then Real Madrid have to come out. But because got to half-time, nil-nil. Didn't they felt like they had to press it? Yeah, Liverpool were getting anxious. Real Madrid just, they're good at soaking up pressure. That's what they did against Man City for two legs straight. They just soaked up pressure and counted. And if they can do that against City, they can do they against Liverpool. Liverpool easy. I thought Liverpool's defensive work was actually pretty poor. Yeah. They didn't have that control when where they have had that ability to transition so quickly in other games, especially in the Premier League this season. Their ability to have Van Dijk and his partner play the ball out wide or to Firmino and then have that instant pass across. Yeah, diagonal to that diagonal and then find the Salah or the Mane or the Jota or the Diaz and then play that. And they didn't do that once this game, I don't think. No, for me, the issue was that if we were going to pre-game pick where the issue would be, it'd be Trent and the centre-back that he was partnered with trying to handle Vinicius. And if you took, like, 
just a quick glance of the game and you saw that Trent was pretty much responsible for the goal, you'd be like, oh, that was the bad side of the defence. Whereas I think him, Trent think and Robinson Canate, yeah, I think Trent and Canate were the better of the, the better two. Better half, yeah. Yeah, better than Van Dijk and Robertson. And they'll probably just get the, the stick because it was like at their half where the goal came in. But for me, I think Canate had an outrageous game. Just, it's one of those where you switch off for a second and you're in trouble. And that's what happened. If, we, if we're going to just talk about the goal, yeah, I want to talk about the build-up because it comes from a Liverpool attack. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure, is it just before, is it before, is it when Alaba, the handball? Yeah, yeah, before. When the ball comes into the box, it's Alaba, yeah. it comes off Alaba's hand. It yeah, is a handball, yeah. but yeah. it's not a penalty, that makes sense. Mm. Um, So when that happens, Luis Diaz, he presses into the Madrid centre-half, so Alaba and Militao, and then the ball comes out to Carvajal and Carvajal's got all this space because Diaz was pressing the centre half. Yeah, I think Carvajal had a good game. Carvajal was amazing and he transitions into the middle of the pitch which allows Modric to drift out wide to the right. And this is where it sort of goes wrong for Liverpool here because Modric is then pressed by Trent and he has the ball and Trent, uh, sorry, not Trent, by Robertson and mm-hmm. Robertson does the right thing here. He presses, he's keeping up the pressure. Yeah. He's forcing Modric to make a pass. The issue here is Modric is an unbelievable footballer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he takes the time he drops back 10 yards and he plays the ball straight forward past Robertson to Carvajal. Yeah. Who finds Valverde. Now, this is the big, big issue because Van Dyke doesn't come out to Valverde straight away. Yeah. He lets Valverde run at him. And then this is where Benzema as well has he occupied like Trent yeah, and Canate. Like so Trent is yeah. way too close. Yeah. yeah. But Canate is also not goal side of his yeah. man. So then what happens is them two are focusing on Benzema because he's the threat. He does Valverde does run, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Ben, uh, does this amazing ball, and you can see the line that Liverpool are trying to hold. And they've yeah. probably been the best team in Europe, if not the world, holding a high line at, yeah. at playing the offside trap. Yeah, because they, the amount of times you've been watching the game where Liverpool go behind one nil, but it's actually not one nil because the goal's offside because they yeah. played that trap perfectly. But Trent keeps Vinicius on site, and he's so unaware that he's even there. Yeah, for me, I think. Also, what Valverde does well is he holds the ball longer than I think anyone was expected. Everybody was thinking he'd get the ball and a quick, like, curl cross. But he kind of holds it, holds it, drags Van Dyke out a bit more. And then instead of curling it round the defence, the he, like, fizzes it, kind of like a straight arrow pass rather than a curl. And that kind of, like, just... I think that jars the line because it's easy to hold a line if players are whipping, like, curled balls round you. But if they're whipping, like not whipping, if they're just drilling a straight arrow straight through the middle rather than round you, it's kind of hard to gauge where your line is. And I think that's what he did so good. He kind of ran towards Van Dyke, and Van Dyke's expecting the whip round him. But he gets close, close and then drills it straight past Van Dyke in between Van Dyke and Canate. And I think that's where I wasn't expecting that from him. It was, yeah, it's just like different level of kind of... It was a bit of finesse, wasn't it, really? Yeah, it was good. I just... I was impressed and gassed me a little bit because obviously you were like, now Valverde's dead. And I was like, oh my God, my guy's out here with the assist. But um, yeah, I think that was... And then after that, it was just Liverpool pressure, but nothing really telling. 
no, Courtois came off it Courtois the game of his life yeah he? yeah. we were like oh we'll take Alisson that's another stinker of a call from us and probably would in hindsight still take Alisson yeah, but I this think, tournament I think if he was building the team I'll take Alisson but Courtois had a, an amazing Courtois had come out and he was like got to put some respect on my name and I was like alright chill out geez like, he said about all the tweets he was yeah, getting yeah. to see that the Atletico Madrid president said literally go dig up his, his uh, plaque and oh. he told the Madrid fans to come the Atletico Madrid fans to come with shovels and axes oh, and they, they tore out his plaque out of the ground that's jokes he is yeah Courtois is one of those people his personality kind of annoys me but that's neither here nor there he probably I was going to say Benzema's probably player of the tournament and he probably still is Benzema without Benzema they wouldn't be yeah there. but they, for me without Courtois they would have lost the final and probably the City game I'd say he was man of the match in the City second leg yeah, yeah so yeah, to have two man of the matches in a row in the two biggest games it's like Kante last year had man of the match in both semis and the final, and the final. and yeah. that's kind of like Courtois if you turn up in the big games well done you you deserve it obviously Madrid also had a goal disallowed didn't they which was a bit of a mess because you had Benzema put the ball in the back in the net but it came off Fabinho I think it so was I think Fabinho tackles a Real Madrid player into is it Van Dijk? Yeah, into and Van Dijk and into, it deflects to Benzema. So it's because it's not an intentional pass. Benzema's the rules are It was very foggy there. and yeah. Peter Walton did a fantastic oh, job, mate. fantastic job of explaining it. I'm pretty sure he waffled on about the wrong actual I have a lot of, of controversial opinions but my least controversial one has to be that Peter Walton <laughs> should be nowhere near primetime television because All he, he does is, is agree a with the referee. criminal. He is a criminal. But when, when whilst you're watching it, even on the BT Sport, they didn't have any idea what was going yeah, on. Yeah, and, like, was, and they went. They up, went Peter, to the referee. And they just they went to Peter Walton, yeah, ex referee. Thought, oh, he might have some idea what's yeah. going on. He had no idea what's going on. Yeah, there I was about three phases of play. Vague kind of because they, they initially they were looking at it. Benzema was offside from the over the top. Yeah, ball, and then they had about three different phases of play where things went wrong, but they weren't sure if it was you know. If he was offside, if it was an intentional pass, if it was an in, uh, unintentional pass, so it does make it yeah. makes a difference. For me, and- it's a goal, but obviously the rules are the rules. But how can you? You could just always claim it was non-intentional and get away with it. So you have to. I think. I think the fact that it, he slides in and it deflects off Van Dyke is unintentional. Yeah, but the tackle is intentional. So yeah. it is. It is all down to how you read the rules. Yeah, but it was so a good finish from Benzema, regardless. Yeah. And like that's another reason. It's kind of like there was like Salah had a few moments where he was close to scoring, and like you said, some outrageous saves by Courtois. But if you're talking big chances. The all top two, the top yeah, two fell to Madrid. Madrid. Yeah, all Real Madrid. I think um, we should move on to talk about like how because Real Madrid and Liverpool both play that four three three, but they play it very differently. And I think Liverpool in the final actually played far different to how they usually play and how we expected them to play. So we 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 had Henderson in our predicted lineup to play that sort of defensive cover as right back for Trent, so allowed yeah. to push up the pitch. But that's what Liverpool were lacking on the day. Trent and Robertson were very, very reserved. Yeah. And it's because of Mendy and Venetia's on the left-hand side doubling up on Trent. And you had Valverde who put in an absolute shift. Yeah, he's a bit and of a shift. Valverde and Carver Howell doubling up on uh, Robertson. And instead of playing that 4-3-3 and allowing that their uh, wide players to push up, they played a 4-2-4 and 
Henderson was joining the front four of yeah. Salah, Mane and um, Diaz and it, their press was really impressive but what was more impressive was Real Madrid's ability to be composed on the ball yeah. and I think when you've got players like Cruz and Modric yeah. they allows you to do that for well, me one player that stood out when you're talking about composure on the ball is Danny Carvajal I didn't I didn't rate his chances in this game like pacey wingers that are on form I thought they were going to have him but his his technical ability is like sound as fuck, which is why he's still in the Real Madrid team. There's a reason age. why he hasn't been replaced. Exactly, and so like, there's players that if you get your bo- the ball fizzed into you around the defense, and you've got Diaz pressuring you, or Jota pressuring you, or Mane pressuring you, you're gonna buckle and have a loose touch or c- uh, concede possession. But for me, any time Carvajal the ball was fizzed to him in defence with the pressure on he'd either make the right pass or keep the possession go around his player he was so good in possession in like crucial areas where Liverpool would normally win the ball that I thought for me he was one of the best players on the pitch I just yeah every time he got the ball I was like oh he's going to lose it here just come out with the ball still and I was like that is top defending top draw defending so if you so looking at Liverpool's 4-3-3 if you it's pretty much the mirror opposite between Real Madrid's because the Real Madrid, when they were out of possession, like you were saying, it was a 4-2-2-2 yeah. with Benzema and Vinicius up top. And then you had Modric and Valverde behind them and Cashmere and Cruz behind them. But when they were in possession, they played this absolutely beautiful asymmetric uh, 4-3-3 where they would literally create these congested zones on the pitch and draw so many Liverpool players out, which led to the goal. They literally drew so many Liverpool players up that right hand side of the pitch. I think when Modric plays that ball, it's Fabinho, Thiago, Diaz and Robertson all out of position through one ball from Modric dropping back 10 yards and playing that through. Yeah. So that allows that this massively congested right hand side of the pitch where there's like eight players and then Vinicius sneaks in the back post yeah, one big switch. and they switch it. And even during the game, you could see their ability to draw a little over to one side of the pitch and switch it to the other side. And that's yeah. where all Madrid's chances came from. So it was really interesting. And I think speak uh, to applaud Carlo Ancelotti, he goes into a team, and this is something I heard from, I uh, listened to something about uh, Michael Beale. He um, said that Carlo Ancelotti might be the best coach in the world because he doesn't go into a team and press a style of play on them. Yeah. He goes into a team understands his and players. understands what he's working with yeah, and yeah. then he is able to create a style around them. Yeah, like there's a difference between a manager that has their own fixed style of play, which is sometimes good. You're talking Pep, you're talking Klopp, talking Antonio Conte, but then there's a different skill in having different styles of play that you can give out to different squads. Like Pep couldn't go to Real Madrid and in a season with that squad do what Pep does he'd need a whole new team full of players that can play the Pep way whereas Ancelotti that's probably why they rehired him they were like we haven't got the money right now to overhaul the whole squad and get in a manager with a fixed style of play so we'll get in a man that knows these players knows Real Madrid he's dynamic in what he can do as a manager he can sit back, defend, he can play attacking football, he can do a bit of everything. 
And so he can come back, assess these players and figure out what's the best way to get these players winning trophies ASAP until we can get in a new crop of players. And that's why you can see them signing Kamavinga, you can see them signing Tushimeni, you can see them signing all these new players. And then they'll probably get a new manager in once these players are bedded in that can give them a style of play that's more Real Madrid than sitting back and absorbing all the pressure and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think if you look at where Carlo started the season with Everton... Yeah, it's mad. ...to win in the Champions League, to win in La Liga, they won the Spanish Cup as well? Not, nah, not was... the Copa del Rey, the other one. Oh, did they? I, I don't know. I only... I'm not 100% sure on that, but I, I think they did. So I think he's won... I think they've got finished the season with three trophies, which yeah, is unbelievable decent, for yeah. a team that was really written off at the beginning of the season. Talking about a, a team that's won multiple trophies, <laughs> what do you reckon Liverpool fans are saying about going from a potential quadruple to just the FA Cup and Carabao Cup? Would you consider that season a flop? Because you can't, because it's two trophies. But the two they wanted, they'd get rid of both of those if they could have won either of the other two. Fans, if you ask them, would you rather win the Champions League and not win any other, other three? Yeah. Or win the Premier, Premier League and not, not win the other any three. three? They, trade they would it, trade either of those. 100%. So in that context, it's not a flop, but in the back of their mind, they're not happy. Silverware is silverware yeah. and it will look good on Klopp's stats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big time. Because he doesn't really I do much in the other cups, does he? It just, it would be aggravating to be a Liverpool fan knowing that you got so close. Yeah. And they were For the best For me, be- the Prem was never team. in their hand. They were the better team in the final. But the Champions League, they should have they David. couldn't they couldn't see it through yeah and in the Premier League they pretty much did all they could do yeah there are a few games that you look through the season and think oh they're unlucky here and there yeah Spurs game they didn't play their best yeah so you would be disappointed if you're a Liverpool fan but you got to look at it now next season you've got no Mane no Mane you see Salah said that he was happy to stay, run down his contract and go to a Premier League rival. I'm not sure they'd allow that to happen because that would be absolutely criminal. They'd be like outrage in Liverpool. Yeah, but, I, I, I don't... I don't. Salah doesn't strike me as the type of player to do that. Well, that's what he said. But but maybe that's just... A, maybe, a he's, maybe he's just trying to negotiate yeah, a contract. Probably never just a little really bit of I mean, agent waffle. To be fair though, Salah is going to be quite a selfish player. So, I mean, yeah. if he sees himself winning silverware at City or, you know, yeah. Chelsea or somewhere, he might he might. Yeah, maybe switch. he has like a bit of a point to prove at Chelsea do a bit of a Lukaku but then hopefully try not to flop super hard yeah I mean to be fair the world of football is always changing so you can literally I don't know and they've got they've got replacements to be fair like they're getting on so they've got Harvey Elliott and Fabio Carvalho so Lewis Diaz coming in Lewis Diaz on that side jotted down the middle yeah the team looks good and do you see I saw this link which made me so happy it would never happen and I think it was because Spurs got Champions League football but apparently Spurs were like, oh, if uh, Spurs don't get Champions Liverpool were like, if Spurs don't get Champions League football, Son. we're going in for Son. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. Imagine Son, Son front three with Son, Son Salah. Son would do a madness. Diaz, up. Oh my God. Son would do a madness at Liverpool. But that's probably that's not unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, just to, I need to finalise talking about the Champions League final itself. We do have to talk about what went on pre-match a little yeah. bit we're not going to delve deep into it because we it's don't not, know too it, much this is a football it. podcast yeah. but ultimately it is important to talk about so we were sat there watching it and then suddenly up on the screen we heard we heard the commentators talking about how uh, there were some delays because Liverpool fans were trying to get into the stadium yeah. 
But then it came up, oh, this match was going to be delayed 15 minutes. Then it was half an hour. And then I think 45 minutes later after a musical performance, we, we actually got the yeah. kickoff. Yeah, hold tight, Camilla Cabello. What an absolute star. But um, so the narrative was that there were Liverpool fans, well, the narrative being pushed, especially within the stadium, was that there were Liverpool ticketless fans. Liverpool fans yeah. jumping the gates and trying to get into the stadium. The and there was also was like there was like a mass scam of like thirty thousand fake tickets. Yeah. So the the French minister for sport, I think it was, came out saying that there was reports of thirty thousand to forty thousand tick uh, fake tickets. Yeah. However, he's been asked multiple times how many fake tickets were seized, and he can't give a figure yeah. because it's, for me that's it, it an might easy be zero. way of kind of moving the blame deflecting it. yeah deflect the blame there's no security issues there's no police issues blah 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 it's all a scam that's happened to us rather than what? we're we're like a problem we're having a problem landed on our laps but for me what i took from it most is how heavy-handed the kind of french what well, they called the uh, the gendarme, the French police. Yeah, yeah. What well, are the gendarme? Are they the police? I don't know. You could be saying something really bad right now, yeah. and I wouldn't I know. Do, I feel like they. I think they're like an offshoot of the police. Is like the French gendarme. I think you're talking about lit ops. Hold <laughs> tight, all my lit ops. Um, um, yeah, I, from what I saw, they were like pepper spraying kids. So there was a video where it was inside the stadium. So it's after, so the last gate before you're in the Stade de France. Yeah, and these fans, you could see them. They're scanning their tickets and they're getting let through the turnstile, through, like green and light, and they're getting pepped. pepper sprayed yeah. on the other side. And yeah. it's like kids, and I'm not being funny, yeah, but if you're if you're a mother or father and you're taking your son or daughter to the game their yeah, first Champions League or whatever yeah. Champions League final should yeah. be such a special occasion yeah, for a mad. kid you could the, the French police yeah, the way it was handled they could have put those kids off football yeah, for life yeah shocking especially because I saw some videos where it was like people would get through the police would ask if you're English or French if it's French it was like you get straight in and if you're English you'd either get hold back you get pepper sprayed and I'm not saying there was like some kind of like issue agenda agenda against the english fans because for me english fans whenever they go anywhere we have are, a terrible reputation yeah they tend to be a bit of a disgrace and but and i mean to be honest is not, it warranted I, I would i would argue probably, probably is yeah but like, and after especially the after the, the, euro, the finals, euro final yeah the euro final like, was terrible i get why english fans have a reputation because they don't help themselves but this isn't like it's not one of those things you can't like paint the, a brush with, oh, i don't know what the saying is but you can't tar the whole nation with just like a dodgy group because of, like, of minority yeah but, but so there yeah, was shocking just going back to the in-stadium narrative so the narrative being pushed was that there were Liverpool ticketless Liverpool fans forcing their way into the stadium however if you look at what was going on outside the stadium there were live reporters from like Sky oh, and other um, reputable sources beer's overflowing sorry just cracked a beer and it's spilled everywhere there was other reputable sources and stuff um, literally saying that that literally Liverpool fans were getting pushed down these um, like alleyways yeah uh, which were being cut off by French police so like the Liverpool fan park was in this like shoddy little park and you had to cross a dual carriageway to get there <laughs> and then the Real Madrid one was in this lovely beautiful area where it was that like twi- like 20 million access for its tier yeah. 3 they were using their police fans to block off and bottleneck access- entry points one of them under a bridge 
Oh, and there was no signage telling them where to go. They shut down some of the entrances an hour before kickoff. Yeah. And apparently there was rumours that there was at one point 12 stewards stewarding a crowd of 20,000 people to get into the stadium. I know that it was like a last, not a last, it wasn't even that last minute, but it was dropped on the, it was dropped on Paris because he had to move from Russia. But a big corporation like UEFA. Let me find the Stade de France is a massive stadium. And a big um, city like Paris, they should be able to handle something like this, even I, if it's dropped on them. I've been to the Stade de France uh, twice, and every time I go, it really strikes me how it the area around it is dirt poor, and it's it is really like the slums of sort of like Paris. It's it's way out the center, but they, the initial plan when they built that stadium was to like sort of gentrify the area, yeah, and it really hasn't happened. And so there was reports of local gangs going around yeah, and in hiding in bushes and oh, jumping out at fans that they thought they could take and there was also which I think is the most disgusting part was um, a lot of journalists were getting um, marshaled into these like almost like portaloos yeah. and they were having their phones searched oh, damn. and any footage that they ca- captured was getting deleted off their phones I saw um, so what's the, the game from that- Sky that had a bad time cover hell have a hole. I don't know how you pronounce his name. He's the guy that had the absolute shocking opinion on Tommy Asu. He was like, oh, no Premier League team wants him. <laughs> but he came to Arsenal because they were the only ones who wanted him. Absolute baller. But yeah, him, I saw he was out in Paris and I think he got like pepper sprayed. I think his phone got like smashed. So he had a bad time when he It was it, it, the fact that they're, they're censoring the images and videos of journalists suggest that they knew they were doing something wrong yeah, which yeah. is the be all and end all really and I think the it boils down to bigger issues in French football I mean if you look at do you see the video of St. Etienne when they got relegated no. and the, the, the fans the final whistle goes and the fans I'm not even kidding it was like zombies bro they they sprinted oh, really? out of the, out of the um, stands onto the pitch and were charging down the players and oh, the management mad. staff well they've had a lot of like um, fan like what the was Marseille the, game? the Marseille, Marseille game. was it Marseille Nantes yeah or Marseille I can't remember who it was Marseille someone because there's a video fucking, of Pia, isn't yeah Pia yeah. got a, like, a bottle length at his head and then he threw it back in the crowd and, and then, then the ultras came down yeah there it? was like they had to like stop the game I mean yeah, that's we're crazy. talking about English football fans being painted with a brush but yeah. I mean you look at that and you yeah, look at some yeah. of the stuff that especially goes on in like Italy as well yeah, yeah. some of the racism it is, it is like a look minority at, it, um, thing that gets Alan Pardew who's yeah um, uh, Russia he's left CSA Sofia Cf- is Sophia. that Bulgaria or Russia I don't know but one of them he's yeah, left, he left he's left because playing, got bananas bananas yeah, and yeah. the race is shining so I mean you can talk about English fans all you want but English fans in the UK Especially if you're traveling an away game, if you're an away fan, you get treated like by the police just disgustingly. Mm. There's there's videos of like families and uh, with their kids or like elderly relatives and stuff, and they're at stations and getting told that they can't board this train. They have to wait two hours for the next train because they can't be trusted. Yeah, and the police refusing to let them on the train even though they have tickets for it just because of the shirt they're wearing. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely disgusting in some of the ways that uh, English football fans are treated, but. I mean, it's okay. Go for a day out in Peterborough. That's a good away day. Peterborough is a good away day. Um, we'll take a little break, and then we will be back in a minute. And we're back. So, moving on from the Champions League, I think we covered that quite um extensively. Uh, yeah, extensively. I, I would yeah. say it wasn't it wasn't a bad coverage of the Champions Basically, League. Basically, the take home points are Courtois good, Camila Cabello good, French police bad. Moving on. 
I don't know about Camila Cabrera oh. I don't think she was appreciated <laughs> no she wasn't no. I saw a video where it was like you see the tweets yeah her tweet she was rattled and also I saw that like there was videos of Liverpool fans in the stand and they were recording her her performance and you couldn't hear shit over like you'll never walk alone never walk but alone, like her played through the TV all you can hear is her so they must have done like a bit of a turn up turn down so you could ignore the fans kind of thing yeah just to not Show right, let's up, let, yeah, let's sky away from that anyway. Yeah. Let's talk about the other big game other that happened big game this weekend. weekend playoff final. Challenge. Yeah, we had Huddersfield versus Forest. I thought it was a pretty stinky game to be honest. Uh, I think referee uh, refereeing VAR. It was, isn't oh, it crazy mate. that it's the championship has no VAR for the whole season, and then they get it in for the playoff final to and it goes that bad. Yeah, to make sure that they get everything right on this the, in the multi-million, most the most expensive yeah, game of football for what dollar, it means uh, pound between, game between and the, they fuck it. <laughs> to put it nicely yeah I mean John Moss he's had a career I saw him at a petrol station once um, a service station and I went John can I have a picture and he said no Sorry. fuck John Moss <laughs> um, I'm not being funny yeah but the championship f- player final is not an event where you have a retirement party yeah you should be there out of pedigree. They need to get all these because kind of old dons. That Huddersfield right. arguably should have had two penalties. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. arguably, I would say pretty stonewall. Yeah, the Jack. The second one, one was when Zinkanagel gets in front of his man. Yeah, and Jack and just and like and, sorry, not Zinkanagel. He comes in from the back of his man and mm. doesn't get any of the ball. Yeah. And the first one where it was argued it wasn't a penalty because he, uh, the player was lifting his leg before he the contact was made between, by Colback. Yeah. However. It was a penalty. Yeah, the yeah. contact was made. He, he was just trying yeah. to skip past him. Yeah, like, yeah, you move yeah. your leg like, regardless. You, you move to go, like, you're not preempting, oh, I'm going to go down here. You're preempting, I've got past this player and he's get my leg up to get around him. It's, That's it. Yeah, it's- and so, yeah, arguably Huddersfield had been robbed of a, play, uh, a Premier League place, but. You but know, congrats, uh, Nottingham Forest. Yeah, I, Forest. I quite like them. I'm happy they're back in the Prem. Big club, big, big history. club. I think it's 23 or 24 years yeah. without being in the Premier many, League. Many, many a year. And a, a, to a lot of a older life. generation, they still see Forest as that Premier League team. Yeah, they're that but team that away. whenever you're talking about Champions League, English teams, they've won, won two them. European won, trophies. Yeah, that's, two European. That's amazing. That's crazy. Yeah, um, so yeah, big club, and they've got a really good following as well. So I'm happy that they're back. Um, I think they're, to be honest, I think they're the team most well set to do well in the Premier League next season out of the upcoming three. One thing I did notice, though, for me, is their star men all loans. Well, you're looking at Keenan Davis. Keenan Davis. And, and Jed Spence. Jed Spence. However, I Zinc think... Zinkanagel's on loan. Yeah, Zinkanagel can be replaced. Jed Spence, for me, was the outstanding Jed Spence player. is gone. Brennan, Brennan Johnson was their, probably their second best player for me. He's their top scorer as well. Uh, he's... Yeah, he's he's, a, he's a permanent. He's he's there already. So yeah, he, he's very exciting. James Garner apparently Eric Ten Hag wants to have a look at him. I mean, James, yeah, Garner was good. He wasn't good at Watford the year before that. I'm pretty sure was it Watford he was at. And then know, he got and he, he got recalled halfway through the season because he couldn't get into their first team. Maybe, but, but I I've heard he's been quite good this season, James Garner, and not that Man United are like a step too high for him. I could see him like a bottom being, yeah being like but isn't that what Forrest are yeah no. that's true I could see you but know. I could see James Garner under te- or something like that, I don't know it's if and United want to cash in on him I don't know because his stock's probably quite high it's like all those players at the moment like as a just promoted team do you want to sell your players where their stock is high or I was do listening you wanna- to a Forrest fan talk about how what he thinks is going to happen now in the summer leading up to the Premier League and he said a really good thing he said um, 
especially because you look at the teams that get promoted, unless they're teams that come down from the Premier League, the ones that get promoted out of the Championship, they've been in for a while, the teams that do the best recruitment from the Premier League in terms of their loan signings. So when you obviously get promoted, you have a chance of losing the very best of those players because yeah. they're going to either try play for the first team that from the team they were loaned from or they're going to get sold off or loaned out to a better yeah. team. And so you spend a lot of that initial budget that you get that money that you, you've gained from being promoted. You spend a lot of that trying to stabilise your squad. Yeah. And so, Jed Spence is not going back to Middlesbrough. He will be gone in the summer. Yeah, whether it's like a, whether it's Arsenal are in, Spurs are Spurs in. Spurs are in, yeah. I think so Everton are in. I would like to see him go back to Forest. I thought he was an outstanding player. Yeah, I have absolute PTSD of him scoring a fantastic strike against yeah, QPR. Yeah, I've seen that, yeah. yeah. Um, not happy he about pulled that. out against Arsenal in the, um, in the FA, FA Cup. Cup. Yeah, yep. fucked. So, so I mean, I PTSD Steve Cooper has built a really good squad there, <laughs> and he's such an exciting. He's young an exciting man, ugly cunt, but he's an exciting. Yeah, manager. he's not. He's not. He's not pretty. I saw a tweet. It was like ugly scenes in the stands. I, no, I've nothing's happened. I've just nothing, seen Steve yeah, Cooper, nothing's yeah. happened. Just seen Steve. Oh, nah, I oh. mean, apparently he's he's like just a wonderful guy though. Yeah, I can I, imagine. I heard a lot of stuff from. I see him. He's got. Joe Worrell and Steve Cook have been instrumental in that defence. They've spoken about really highly about how he came in and he's won everyone over just by being the nicest guy. Yeah. When he came in, like, they were bottom of the league. With, with yeah, turnaround. Like him and, and, the, but, and the Huddersfield amazing. manager, both of them joined when their teams were in like yeah. dire straits. Yeah. And have That's probably one of my favourite sayings, isn't it? Dire straits. Come on, dire straits. Um, yeah, so big up to Forrest. Out of the teams between, out of them... Fulham and Bournemouth. Bournemouth. I expect Bournemouth to struggle the most. I think Scott Parker is a fraud of a manager. Oh, um, is that controversial? I don't I think, know. I don't mind. I think Scotty Fulham P. have the best squad going up. However, I don't know if they have. Yeah, if they have the recruitment strategy to to buy players which will allow them to stay in the Premier League because that's a the, thing. Last Fulham, they're times, a yo-yo club, aren't they? They've just seemingly bought big. And these players have just disappeared. Like yeah. Sean Michael Seri, what happened to him? He was yeah. like the next he, big he was linked with Arsenal. And I was absolutely flabbergasted when he went to Fulham. I was like, I didn't know too much of him, but I was like, oh, he looks like a decent player. But then he went to Fulham and I was like, oh my God, are we like competing with Fulham for players? How do and you fancy Mitrovic to get on this season? Well, every year at the start of the season, he's in my fantasy team. And I'm like, Mitro, cheap cheap option, gets goals and just flops in the championship. But how can you flop in the, in the, Premier, uh, in the Prem? And I was like, how can you flop when you've just scored, what, like I mean, 42 goals though, in the championship? Arguably, you can't score 40 plus goals in the championship and not be able to score. Like, you know where the Jeez. net is. Like, even scoring Timu a goal Kuki is scoring a goal. gets double digits in the Prem. And Timu Tony Kuki, has as well. Yeah, and I was like, Mitrovic is surely better than Puki. He's better than Tony. Do you reckon? Uh, I think so. I mean, Tony <laughs> I mean, is really good. Close. I really enjoy, I enjoy I like Tony. Tony. But you, I mean, maybe, maybe they're on par because yeah. I think you look at the team Mitrovic played with it when they got promoted is insane. They had Harry Wilson, just yeah. absolutely banging, crossing, Cavallo, like yeah. Cavallo as well. Um, whereas Tony's team was good, but it wasn't quite um, yeah, as Fulham's good, yeah. Premier League uh, promotion winning team. I mean, I expect him to do well. Yeah. I, I, I would hope he gets double digits. I think for me, if I've got out of any of them to stay in the Prem, it's for me... Oh, that's a hard one. I think Fulham are the most likely to stay in the Prem. However, I think if Nottingham Forest get their recruitment down properly... So you have Bournemouth as the least likely? Yeah. I, th I think I I've got them as the most likely. I think Scott Parker is a terrible, terrible manager. And this might come back to bite me yeah. like my Valverde statements. We, we've but got he one is... podcast in and we've had literally like I mean, 99 he, shit He just about scraped one, automatic so. share. 
and he had like the second richest squad maybe seen in the championship ever. Yeah. They spent ridiculous money in January and if they were promoted this season, yeah. they would have been in absolute pandemonium. It would have been chaos down at uh, but the But that is his remit, just get up no matter the cost and then we'll stay in the Prem. Like they'll probably reinvest quite but, hard. I mean, will they stay in the Prem? Will they? That's the question. Like they they bought a lot of championship players, and they're good championship players. They bought in like Keith Moore. There's some um, teams in the Prem that could. But like, I don't see any of the players that he, they bought in in January mm. being. Well, they're in the starting eleven. Yeah. They won't be for long when they realise they get found out. Yeah, we'll have to see. We'll do a once the transfer window is closed because we can't do a predictions pre-transfer window because fuck knows what will happen yeah so we'll do a naughty little predictions when the transfer window's closed and see what we think because there could be some interesting calls so in some other news Chelsea's takeover has been confirmed Todd Bowley yeah Bowley USA um, based Donny he looks like he's ready to spend some money as well yeah my, my hope with- for him was that he'd come in and just use Chelsea as an asset. Don't really do a Roman Abramovich. In it invest. seems like he's, he's. But he seems. I've heard rumours of like a two hundred million war chest. Did you see they've been linked with is, Usman Dembele? Yeah, I saw that. I, I saw would, they've been linked I with Lewin as well. Lewandowski. I've been. I'd be surprised that if if Dembele is available, why Klopp wouldn't want him? Because, I've seen Liverpool was also linked. So if they're losing Mane. Gaining Dembele is a pretty good, uh, good replacement, swap, especially he's worked after yeah. he's worked with Klopp before. Yeah. He has an yeah, affiliation with him, um, and he's still fairly young. Yeah, I mean you've got Diaz, who's another young. guy that's worked with Klopp, Lewandowski, Lewandowski. Yeah, I do mean, Liverpool need? But, but Liverpool don't play with that like central striker, and that, that is what Lewandowski. There's no one on the market really that tickles their fancy. But if I mean if you're looking at um, Lewandowski leaving Bayern. Marley leaving Liverpool is his favourite. Like the German media apparently have him nailed as going. Yeah, to yeah. Apparently Munich. it's like a done deal. But apparently good. they want him to play in that Lewandowski role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they are two completely different players. Players, yeah, big time. But I think Marne, that's kind of what they want. They want someone that's just going to come straight in and deliver numbers. They don't really want like a young, because they've got that. Is it? Mujiea, I don't know how you pronounce his name, Jamal Mujiala. Yeah, yeah. But absolute baller. He'll probably be their like next project, like at the top of the pitch. But they need someone just to come in and straight away replace Lewandowski. And speaking of uh, Sadio Mane, where does he rate for you amongst the best Premier League of all time? Does he even get in the conversation? Nah, not in the conversation at all. Because uh, so some of his stats, yeah, two hundred sixty-three appearances, yeah, one hundred and eleven goals, thirty-eight assists. That's and good. bear in mind. He said pay for Southampton, said, for, Southampton like, yeah. for, for a fair bit of that as well. Now, I, I do like him. I've always had a soft spot for him because of the Southampton days. I quite liked him at Southampton, wanted him to come to Arsenal. But for me, it's not it's not like top. He doesn't come really close he, he to goes, like, you look at like players like Thierry Henry. He goes missing for like periods. Yeah. Whereas like someone like Salah, he can go missing for a couple of weeks, but he'll still be top top goal scorer ultimately easy. I think the thing that has caused Mane to not be in that conversation is the fact that he has lived in Salah's shadow yeah like no fault of his own because he's done absolutely yeah, no, fantastic good, he's, and he, he's he, he's been so 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 pivotal to Liverpool's success in the recent years but Salah has been the main man yeah and without being the main man you will never ever probably ever one of the best class. African players to ever grace the Prem yeah 100%. probably just behind Didier Drogba, Drogba maybe yeah Yaya Torre. Yaya Torre. 
And I'll probably put him above Yaya Torre, maybe. I mean, Yaya, I Yaya, mean, Yaya was good, was good yeah, though. Yaya he was, was comparing, good. Like, but then, like you said, pineapples to you know. Yaya pears. was only in a very good team, whereas Mane. Yeah, but I mean, Yaya's team was dominant, and they were very, very good. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do agree. And like, Yaya Torre would have walked into pretty much any team in the yeah. world at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, he's a good. He maybe like. maybe not the best of all time. Maybe not up in that conversation. No, definitely. But top three um, Africans in the prem. But very impressive, and I think uh, as football fans, we're going to miss being able to watch him play. Yeah, yeah. Liverpool think, miss him for sure. Like, hold tight. What's his name? That geezer from Redman TV, Sadio Mane. Is Sadio Mane. I don't do if, but some maybes. But Sadio Mane is the greatest yeah. football player in the world. My aunt had balls or whatever. He, yeah, that wasn't. <laughs> my aunt had. Will she be a bike? Yeah, well, she doesn't. Oh no, is it, yeah, my, yeah. my aunt had balls. She'd be my uncle, but yeah, she doesn't. That's the one. And I was like, yeah, bless him. He'll probably miss Mane. But uh, <laughs> for me, Diaz steps in immediately think, and probably is already at Mane's level with like years on his hand. I heard on the podcast they were saying this is the right time for Mane to step down because it gets it's before that ugly stage where Diaz is too good. Yeah, and you, have you can't to leave him Mane out. And Mane has still got enough years left in him that he can go somewhere else and be a good player. And like there. Bundesliga, he'll go there and be fine. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I have like, no doubts in my head about that. Um, I mean, we're wrapping up a little bit, but we had Scotland versus Ukraine last night. Scotland's World Cup dreams are over. They lost three yeah. one to Ukraine. Uh, big up Ukraine. Great and soonest. You see, pre-game, he was like, I'd let Ukraine go to the, the final World well. Cup no matter what happens. Or to the Euro, whatever it is. For. Yeah, for the World, yeah, Cup. the World Cup. He was like, I'll let them go to the World Cup no matter the result. And I was like, that's not actually how it works. I don't think they want handouts either. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think that's how, like, they want, they want to earn their place there. And they did. And they did. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. smashed Scotland. Zinchenko Scotland absolutely bossed it. Yeah, Scotland, um, yeah, Scotland bad. And Zinchenko so Ukraine will be playing Wales on Sunday, I believe. So between Gareth Bale, Gareth Bale, Bale, Gareth Bale yeah, destroy yeah. a nation. Oh, yeah. well, not even a nation. I think the whole world want Ukraine to do yeah, well. So Gareth Bale versus the world, <laughs> but he's just left Madrid as well, hasn't he? So, so the first film was um, Revenge of the Salah, yeah. and the end of this podcast it's Gareth Bale versus the world. Yeah, that's it. Come Gareth on. Bale versus the world, um, and then we got England are playing on Saturday against Hungary. Yeah. Against also, Hungary. touch on. Italy got absolutely fucking trounced by Argentina last night. Three yeah, in the, was it in Finalissima? Fin- yeah, Finalissima. Is that the Maradona one? It yeah, yeah, it's the it. one where like the winner of the Euros and yeah. uh, CONCACAF play each other. Yeah, so... Um, but I had a bet on a fivefold. All four came in minus... I had both teams in the Italy-Argentina didn't come in. Oh. FML. But um, yeah, I think... Um, yeah, I mean, so we kind of expect England. England are playing Hungary twice. I think they've got Germany and Italy, haven't they? Germany and Italy. So yeah, that's yeah. actually quite a decent run. It, I think it will put us in good stead to understand yeah. where we are. I hope Gareth Southgate plays some um, players that I want to see Colin Gallagher. I oh, want to see Jared Bowen. I want to see Tamori play. I want to see Tamori play. I would like to see Tammy Abraham get some time as yeah, well. Yeah, Tammy Abraham. Yeah, I want to see like a, a lineup you wouldn't expect but obviously it's fucking Gareth Southgate it'll probably be three to back three Harry to back Carl Walker yes. Trippier in there somewhere bore me to sleep I mean sleep, I mate. think one last thing we forgot to talk about Perisic to you Spurs yeah as an Arsenal fan what's your thoughts on that I um, I'd say it's weird for me there's a lot of like pandemonium on the timeline that Spurs are signing absolute like world class player Perisic is 33 years old and I he's think, on like 190 grand I think he is a very good player he's a good player and I think he will play because he played the wing back role for yeah he apparently was like the best wing back in the league in the league year. by far 
Um, he can dribble with both feet. He's a prolific yeah. dribbler. I think England saw that in I the think Euros. It's a good signing, but for me, what I've seen banded around on Twitter is what happens when Conte wins a cup, leaves, and they've got a and they're, they're stuck with a retirement home. I think if Conte wins a cup, then maybe he's done very well at Spurs. Yeah, yeah. I oh, mean, hell, like I you say, that. like you say, yeah. with Scott Parker getting promoted, yeah. maybe you just do what you have to do to win a trophy. Yeah, maybe that because, is his remit: get us a trophy I, so people stop. You got you got to look at Perisic, right? Coming into Spurs, does he improve the team? Yeah. Yes, he is an improvement, so you can't really have any complaints. Yeah, I think Conte is a winner wherever he goes, yeah, serial yeah, winner, yeah. and I think if you're an Arsenal fan. There is cause to be nervous. Oh, um, yeah, nervous. We're finished behind them anyway. So yeah, the no, but like, there. but like, very nervous. Yeah. Very, very, very nervous. nervous. But um, no, I think uh, I think that about wraps up for us yeah. today. I think um, we covered quite a lot. Yeah. But um, yeah, no. So thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Um, as always, give us a follow on Twitter, Insta, YouTube, Spotify as well now. Spotify, Spotify. now. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll have the Apple Music up and uh, running as well as Amazon Music, so you can listen to spot uh, to our podcast on there. Um, you have any like uh, predictions for the upcoming games this yeah. this weekend? Or Give us a shout if, if you've you got have, anything you want us to talk about. Yeah, anything you want us to come on to the next podcast or you got anything any criticism? Because while we're in the transfer season, any we're points? just gonna be talking about transfers. We've got we're gonna the plan is to do a preview on every Prem team. Yeah, so in, hopefully if you if you listen to this and you're season. and you you're a content creator for any Premier League team, so even the new teams like Forest, Bournemouth, Fulham, fancy coming on talking about your uh your team's chances this season yeah come on and give us a shout get in contact with us and we'll uh, hopefully be able to have you on and we'll talk about some really cool stuff yeah but yeah right. no thanks you guys for listening Hold tight, man, remember yeah thanks for listening it's Bordeaux and it's live come on